the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Let me tell you how it will be. There's one for you, 19 for me. Because I'm the tax man. While so many of our children are living in poverty, while 20% of folks on Social Security are trying to live on Here we go, $13,000 a year, there is another pervasive reality in American society today, and that is the people on top, the very wealthiest people in this country, have never had it better. And the gap between the very, very rich, I'm not just talking about the rich, I'm talking about the very, very rich, is growing wider. You feel the burn, Carrie? Yeah, I was going to say, isn't Bernie rich? But he's not the very, very rich. The (laughs) central truth, a truth that we virtually never The truth will set you free, Carrie. In the Senate, a truth that is not heard much in the corporate media. And that is that the United States of America today has the most unequal distribution of wealth and income of almost any major country on earth. And that level of inequality is worse today than at any time since the 1920s, the so-called Gilded Age so I guess of we're American in, society. We're in a new Gilded Age. Kid. Today, if you can believe it, the three wealthiest people in this country three own more wealth than the bottom half of america 160 million people let me repeat that the three wealthiest people in this country own more wealth than the bottom half of america 160 million people okay did they is he he upset that did they steal it did they you know, it, well, you know, it's regardless. So, I mean, so so the Democrats have got a, a problem, Carrie, right? Um, uh, you think the um, in other words, I think they've come to the realization that there's not enough income earned in this country to solve all or pay for what, everything <laughs> they want to do. Right. Even, right. even if they tax it 100 percent. Right. Because yeah. the you know, the income. So the, so they have to figure out a way 
how to tax the worth of individuals because that's the ga- that that's mm. and, and that's the constitutional argument. You know, right. do, can they even do that under the current constitution? Um, and but the idea is, you know, because the income. See that that's the one thing strange about the one percenters carry or, or or the or the top, you know, right. half percenters or one point one percenters you're talking about is the fact that. From an income standpoint, it still may not be that great. You know what we know? They say the medium household income in this country is about sixty-one, sixty-three thousand. Okay. Okay. So you know the Federal Reserve economic data, Fred. You know you can look that up, and you know it's kind of confusing because they have lots of different. There's household medium income. There's personal medium income. So they have a lot, a bunch of them. So you have to kind of. That's why sometimes you see different numbers, right. but. But the idea is, if that's middle class, you know, that's middle class, and a lot of people who make more than that think they're still in the middle class, right? right like, nobody's absolutely. in the middle class, right? Well, it's the same thing with the one percenters. You may think that they have a lot of medium. If you just took the medium income of one percenters, right? It's, it, it may be a, a lot lower than what you think it really right, is. Right, because they have the assets; they don't have the income right. generating yeah. things hitting the tax return. Right, it's the net worth. So, so you know that. So they want to take parts of their net worth that so, they earn. So they have to figure out, you know. So you know, Bernie Sanders, you know, came out with his billionaire tax, right? Um, so his plan is he wants to he wants to cut Americans billionaires fortunes in half over 15 years. Who is he to be okay. able to um, now you could say, well, it's not going to affect me, you know, because it's going to be a one percent tax on, you know, net worth of more than 32 million. So, I mean, how many listeners have a net worth right now of more than 32 million? But it's the bottom line. Now, I think it's a slippery slope for the government to say, I'm going to take half of your net worth because what if we need more? Um, so are we going to lower the bar? Not well, billionaires, now yeah, upper millionaires. Yeah, are we going to? Well, we need more. So let's as change long as that. they don't spend it all, Gary. Right? If they bank that all, and then everyone's billionaires are. So he doesn't want any more. They don't want any more billionaires. You know, they they, they think it's you don't need to be a billionaire. Well, you know what? That's the beauty of this country. If you can earn it and you work hard, or whatever the reason. As long as it's legally and legit, uh, that's terrific. We have the availability to do that. But, you know, again, don't get too excited about presidential candidates' campaign promises. Bernie Sanders doesn't have the power to do this. Mm -hmm. I mean, if he got elected. You know what he's thinking, although he's very honest about free education, health care for all, hefty price tags. Enough is enough, Sanders says, Carrie. Right, um, you know, and we are going to take on the billionaire class, substantially reduce wealth inequality in America, and stop our democracy from turning into a corrupt oligarchy. Well, well, wait a second. And aren't most of these politicians or even the presidential candidates extremely wealthy? They may not be the billionaires, but they're wealthy. Right. Well, certainly <laughs> some of their multi- donors are billionaires. And they're uh, multimillionaires. So it's never going to get done. That's my right. point. It's never, you know, but... It's pan. You know, in other words, how many votes is he going to get? You know, right. because if a certain voting, you know, get out the vote, right? You know, your vote, you make your vote count, right? In other words, uh, how many, you know, is Bruce Springsteen going to do the, you know, uh, college tour again and get all those, you know, millennials, those oh. just millennials to vote? You know, but but the idea is, you know, hey, f- you know, vote for the right guy because you're, you're we're going to forgive all your student loan debt. We're going to make college free, and oh, yeah, and the billionaire is going to pay for everyone. And guess what? Those are. False promises because presidents can't make right. those law changes. Now, if, you know, in other words, if now if the Democrats have a sweep in the 2020 election, not only maintaining the House majority, getting the White House and 60 votes in the Senate, then we'll start reading what real bills they, they start proposing right. at that point. We might be um, in trouble. 
But until then, you don't might you might not have to jump off the cliff yet, right? Um, just because Bernie Sanders said he's going to, you know. Impl- but the question is, first of all, the, getting around the constitutional argument, right. right? How would they watchdog that? I mean, how would you even implement that? See, it's one thing on income because there's W twos and there's dividends, right, and, and that everybody. goes to the internal revenue. But how do you value all the wealth in this country on an annual basis? It was hard enough when we had to okay, do that for the state tax Okay, that's going to have a huge purposes. price tag to have a department to do that. I mean, because they're saying the you know, Internal Revenue Service would be required to perform audits on 30% of the wealth tax returns. You know, a very small percentage of income tax returns are even audited. Right. right? Um, but so 30% of, and, and then for those in the 1% bracket and all billionaires' wealth tax, 100% has to be audited. Just kind of like the old federal state tax rules where mm-hmm. just about 100% of the federal state tax returns were audited. Um, but it's like doing this every year. I mean, the, the, the estate tax happens once during a billionaire's That sounds you know, like it's going to increase budget. Yeah. Um, how do you do that every year? And, 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 and the other thing, so, you know, it's now is, you know, but is this income inequality? What's the real story there? Okay. Well, um, you know, we just got some, you know, data from the census and, you know, federal reserve and, um, you know, it, it's. Yeah, I mean there is an issue, Carrie. Right. right? Um, let's see if we got some recent data. Okay. Um, the gap between the uh, the houses, uh, okay. the gap between the haves and the have-nots in the U.S. grew last year to its highest level in more than fifty years. Okay, as long as they've been tracking, you know, inequality. Um, this is the U.S. Census Bureau. You know that came, they, they released these this week. Okay. All right. Um, now. Um, no, income inequality is uh, in the U.S. expanded from 2017 to 2018. Not only you know the you know not only the wealthy coastal states, right, Carrie, but mm-hmm. um, they also saw an increase in the heartland states across America. Okay, so they look at the the Gini index, Carrie. Right, you know what that is, right? No, the Gini. Okay, G- Gini. I don't know. I'm not Italian. How do you pronounce G I N I? So some Italian guy back in the, in the early 1900s. Um, you know, he came up with it. It was like a uh, was kind of you know, and, and it's the idea that you, you measure. It was a try to measuring the inequality between worth and income and stuff right. like that. So it's on a scale of like zero to one. Right. Okay. You know, where zero was perfect equality, mm-hmm. and one would be perfect inequality. You know, kind of meaning one household has all right. the income. All right. So in uh, 2016, I believe the index was at. 0.415. So, you know, uh, you know, so zero would be perfect equality. 1.0 would be perfect inequality. Okay. So it was at about nearly half. Okay. okay. But that's what's been increasing. So in 2017, that number was 0.482. Okay. In 2018, that number was 0.485. So it's getting almost to half, right? Okay. So, so that's... so. But th- who are they taking into account? Are they taking into account... American citizens? Are we taking into account illegals now, which is a huge problem? Yeah. Like, I, I guess there's so much other factors. Well, what I mean, we was have, reporting to the U.S. Census? So right, I which I was curious. Well, now they said you don't have to be U.S. citizens to report to the census. I've heard. What about, you know, you have this opioid problem, you have mental health. I mean, there's a lot of other reasons, I think. Right. That go so into it now. Now, now, you, you know, but others say, well, isn't the, you know, Mark, isn't the income of Americans going up. And it is, you know, and, and so medium household income, remember I was saying that is about 62,000. So that has been increasing, but it's been increasing at a much slower rate. 
Okay. Okay. Um, so, you know, it. but the idea is even though it's going up, it's going up not in equals. You know, the rich are right. getting richer, the poor are getting poorer, and less are falling you know, out of the middle class, right. either at one of those two ends of the spectrum, right? Um, and, and the question is, well, why? You know, I mean, in other words, so, you know, unemployment's low. The labor market is getting tight, so we should have higher wages. So medium household is going up, right? Okay, right. that makes sense. But, you know, the, the increase in the Gini index shows that the distribution be, becomes more unequal. Um, you know, again, the top income earners are getting larger increases in their income, you know, and a lot of people think that's because of President Trump's tax cut act of 2017. Right. right? Um, and, you know, that which they're saying that just was a tax cut for the rich. Mm-hmm. OK. Um, well, I don't know. There's some people that are don't identify as rich that are still benefit from the, it. There's the other tax rates. Yeah. The other explanation of why this could be happening is just pure demographics. You know, the idea that you've got the two large babies, right? You've got the baby boomers, Carrie, mm-hmm. and then you're in the middle, the X generation right. nobody cares about, right? right? And then you have the malicious millennials, mm-hmm. which is the other huge group. So what they're saying is that the baby boomers are going into retirement. Okay, see, that's part of the problem, right? Their income is starting to go down, right, mm-hmm. because they're going into retirement. Now, they're at their right. peak earning years, though, so right. it's that curve. It's that going off the cliff. In other words, the baby boomers may be in their peak earning years, right? So right. that class is their income's going up, but soon they're going to have no income. Right. You know, I think the Democrats are saying, well, who are we going to? We can't tax the baby boomers when they retire because they don't have any income right. to tax, right? We got to tax their net worth. Yeah, because, you know, they don't have any income anymore. And the malicious millennials don't have any income yet, you know, because they're starting so their career. So they're saying, well, how about looking at spending cuts? Well, no, Carrie, that's it's, off it's the just table. All, right, of be, course. Be, because you, because you, have to pay for, you have to pay for the baby boomers, Medicare and Social Security. I know, but there's other things we can cut. Um, now, um, so, you know, so it's, it, it is, you know, so we do have the income inequality. And, you know, so the question is, OK, so you, you heard some of the Democratic socialists, you've heard the, you know, the Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warrens and some others. Their their whole gig right now is we've got to create a new tax. Now, a lot of people think it will be a consumption tax because that would be the other way that you, you know, under the theory that uh, more wealthy people spend more. Right. OK, so but the consumption tax is not exactly a fair tax either. Okay. Because how you know if you took two families, um, both one has one child and one has four children, they're making the same income. They have to consume the same amount of diapers and and milk right. and you know school supplies, but one's going to pay a lot more tax than the other. Does that promote families, hmm. um, or is that a detriment to you know? Or are they going to do it like a luxury tax on high end? Yeah, items? but is there going to be enough for that? Because in in, in reality, does the you know wealthy uh, baby boomer have to buy the bigger boat? No. Um, you know, so maybe they will, maybe they won't. You know, um, so really, what they want to find out is a way to you know go after um, you know the, the net worth, even if the if the wealthy aren't spending it. Okay, um, and of course, the other thing that. And I think maybe, too, the Democrats are realizing that, of course, they're going to go after the big, bad corporations, right? I mean, everybody knows that. But how much can they go down that path, right? Because Mm -hmm. as soon as they go too much to the corporations, the corporations— That's going to go down to the consumers. What's going to go down to the middle class, the working class. Right. And our consumers will be charged more. 
Um, but no, they're just going to lay off people. They're not right. going to expand. They're going to even fight higher wages. Okay, so there's, there, you know, cut the, benefits. Um, cut, you know, do anything they can, right? Um, so you know, it is so. So now you could say, okay, well, Mark. So we 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 all know what the Democrats plan on doing. They're going to try to implement some type of net worth tax um, in any way possible if they get enough power. But you know, so what are the you know the gops going to do, right? Well, okay. So also this week, you know, you saw you know President Trump just comes out and says, oh, I'm going to unveil a great middle class tax plan in mid twenty in you know mid twenty twenty. It's like, Carrie, what is he talking about? Yeah, I mean, there's absolutely I'm no sure details. Right. Well, he's probably thinking it needs to get done. Doesn't know the de- the I, house. I don't think he. I think he just said it off the top of his head, quite frankly. Or maybe is it something he'd like to do? But so you know, so they roll out Larry Kudlow, right? You know, to to you know uh, the uh, the you know the White House economic advisor. And I like Larry. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I liked you know I watched him for years, right? Um, but, you know, he gets rolled out and then he's got to explain, you know, the tax cut 2.0. Right. So they asked Larry, hey, Larry, can you throw us a bone here? You know what? What is this, you know, great new middle class tax cut that's going to be released? You know what his response was? Karen? What? Um, well, we're going to gather together the best ideas from the Hill. Uh, OK. The administration and outside folks to provide a significant new round of middle tax tax relief. Uh, <laughs> middle round, a middle a round of middle class tax relief. Well, I would okay. like them to make. Um, oh, go ahead. So, no details. I was going to say I haven't heard anything more about the health care, the medical deductions on the itemized. I know it's back up to ten percent this year. We got that reprieve; it was seven and a half percent in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. Right. right now, it's back up to ten. I know they've heard, but I haven't heard any recent news about them rolling it back to seven and a half percent. Because you think about people. I know you're going to talk about health care today, but people have extensive medical bills, long term care, nursing home, right. You know, so, so you need know, to get a bigger benefit. Um, so, you know, and, you know, the other thing, too, is, um, you, you know, with, you know, with the working class. Right. Carrie, in, in other words, it, when you hear President Trump say that there's going to be a middle tax, a middle class tax cut. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they might he might not be talking about you. Right. Okay, Um, because, you know, if middle class, if he means that medium income of sixty thousand dollars, you know, that might not be you. Right. I think there's a huge disconnect in how the government defines middle class and how people feel where they fall into middle class. Um, You know, and the other thing, too, is, um, you know, that's a voting base that, you know, Trump's got, you know, a lot of people think Trump's going to have problems with, you know, that, you know, the decline of the white working class. Okay. Yeah. so the number of white working class Americans dropped below 40 percent of the population for the first time last year. OK, reflecting democratic shifts that could pose a challenge for President Trump in 2020. OK, white Americans without a four year college represented 71 percent of the population in 1975. OK, um, that decline uh, as a share of population is expected to continue and they will no longer be the largest demographic group by 2034. Um, Okay, Um, let's see. There is no single cause for the decline. Uh, They say more Americans are seeking a college education and leading causes of death, including opioid epidemic, alcoholism and suicide are hitting working class whites hardest. Okay, they're also saying the birth rates for whites are slowing compared to non-whites. Okay, Um, 
among the consequences, the shrinking of one of Trump's most reliable voting blocks. White voters without a college degree supported Trump by 66 percent to Hillary's 29 percent. OK, um, among men in that group, the margin was even higher, 71 to 23 percent. So that's an issue for the Republicans, right. too. You know, so you've got the, you know, the non-white, you know, working class who is getting to be a larger voting block, you know, and you've got all the millennials, you know, who's, you know, who Springsteen and all the right. other rock oh. and rollers are going to be doing the, you know, college tours. And get out the, vote. the uninformed voter that when you go around these college campuses and you ask people like real issues going on and they don't have a clue. But here's my point, Carrie, then you can, you know, get a start here. Here's my point. Don't get too caught up in any presidential candidate's campaign promise when it comes to tax law changes, whether it be on the Republican side or the Democratic side, because it takes a lot of power to pass a major tax law change in this country. <laughs> and our politicians don't necessarily aren't on the same page yeah, and these days. You need the you need the 50 votes in the House. You need the 60 votes in the Senate and you need the White House. That's tough to get now. If one of the parties does get that much control, then we'll seriously start looking at, you know, what types of bills that they're proposing that they really think, you know, they have a chance of implementing. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Before I get started with the intro, I wanted to when we talk about spending cuts and I found the statistic and I found it again that when they talk about spending, the National Healthcare Anti-Fraud Association estimates conservatively that health care fraud cost, including Medicaid and just general Medicare and Medicaid and other health care fraud, cost this country $68 billion a year. Yeah, isn't that so, crazy? But they're not cracking down on it enough. And they're, they're, not, they're basically ignoring it. Yeah, because who's really making that money? I love follow follow the money there, yeah. Carrie, and you'll find out billion, why they're not cracking down. I on think it. sixty-eight billion a year could, you know, help solve some of our country's even if, problems. Even if, even if that was over overstated by half, right? They're saying conservatively, um, and I'm saying it may even be aggressively, right? But it, right, but they're saying conservative. Yeah, even if it's ten billion a year. You know, um, anyway, well, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're an educational radio talk program here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. We're sponsored by the estate planning team, and the estate planning team is an Ohio-registered fiduciary fee-based planning firm. We've been around the greater Cleveland area now for more than 34 years. We're a traditional financial planner, number crunchers. We're not investment advisors. Um, What we do is build conservative, realistic plans for our clients. We believe in comprehensive plans, looking at all aspects of one's financial life, the assets, income, inflation, expenses, taxes, and putting it all together so that people get peace of mind and clarity knowing when they can afford to retire, or if they're in retirement, what they can realistically spend. How do you use opportunities in this complicated tax code? How do you deal with financial disruptors like rising health care costs, um, premature death of a spouse? We have an issue with long-term care and nursing home stays. And then how to analyze the choices that people have so you're using your variables and getting the most long-term net benefit from the choices that you face. Um, and we work closely with our clients, existing investment advisors, or a lot of times our clients play that role of an investment advisor and we can benefit states of many sizes. So planning can benefit um, many um, 
estates of different sizes and we have different issues. We have hourly and retainer fees. We are accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau. We're super super service award winners on Angie's list for multiple years. We do offer a free no obligation consultation um, for people who want to see come in and see how our process is very different and if and how we can help you. And we do some preliminary projections for people who want to come in. Our home office is in Middleburg Heights, but we have locations around the greater Cleveland area. This time of year, we're looking at year-end planning opportunities. Are there steps you may want to consider this year that can minimize future tax liability or opportunities that are available in each year, whether it's gifting, Roth conversions, IRA distributions? Um, Are you still working? Maybe you should contribute more to your 401k. Maybe you should contribute more to your traditional Um, Or if you have a Roth 401k and looking at all those variables um, for people and there's lots of opportunities that people miss each and every year. And that's what we're gearing up for. Um, We don't have any more IRA and Roth planning classes, but if you come in for a free consultation and have IRAs, company plans, we'll run an analysis and show you if you follow minimum required distribution using conservative variables and you tell us what the input is, how much you get to spend, how much is left for your heirs, and how much actually goes to the government. And are there tools you can use to redirect what goes to the government to yourself or your heirs or other beneficiaries? Another strategy is the qualified charitable distribution strategy that we talked about at the IRA class. We don't have that one, but we do have one more class for 2019 scheduled. We do have a few spots left. I'm glad to say it's filling up, but so make sure that you register today. We can get back to you on Monday. You can register online or call the office and we will call you back on Monday. Just let us know where you heard about the if it's on the show or if you know so you can't make it and you know someone else who's interested. It is our retirement planning class and if you're already retired or approaching retirement, we're talking about steps and strategies in preparing for and during your retirement years. Concerns about inflation, market volatility, rising health care costs, future tax increases, other financial disruptors, and how that impacts your spending or what growth rates you want to use. Retirement rules you often hear about that are misused, misunderstood, the 4% rule, Social right. Security and, elections, health care elections. Right. And, and Curtis, not always you know misused, but more of the idea that are you customizing it to your own circumstances? That's the misuse. In other words, you're, you're, you're picking up a general rule, but you're not doing the due diligence to make the, you know, to make it more realistic for your own circumstances. So I, the last couple of shows we've been using like the 50, 30, 20 rule, mm-hmm. you know, Elizabeth Warren's 50, 30, 20 rule, as well as, you know, uh, William Benjamin's 4% rule. And I'm going to, and I'm going to combine those two rules together today, right? And you know, give you an example of how you have to adjust, you know, you know the rules, you know, to your circumstances, and and that's now you know, getting a better outcome than just the general rule. Right. And even that we have a free workbook included you get to take with you. We'll have some good um, muffins and refreshments because that time of night, it's at six o'clock, October 2nd in Independence. And we'll even in the workbook has the tax thresholds. And it's important to be aware of those thresholds. Some thresholds are hard and you want to make sure that you, we talk a lot on the show in the class and for our clients, Use the opportunities that exist in this complicated tax code, because if you are in the camp that thinks tax rates are going to go up in the future, you need to use every opportunity that's on the table today. Right. And, 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 and you know, when you're talking about a hard, you know, Carol, let me let's explain what a hard threshold is. Well, one that comes to mind 
of course, carries the the Medicare B premiums, right? Mm-hmm. In other words, if if you are on Medicare and you you ever wonder why did my Medicare B and or Medicare D you know premium go up substantially because of the Irma, you know, right. the, the, the the adjustment because your you know modified adjusted gross income was too high. And, you know, there's all there's various levels of thresholds. If you come into the class, you can you can see those. But the idea is, you know, those are hard thresholds. If you're you know, the first threshold is, you know, for married filing jointly is one hundred and seventy thousand dollars of modified adjusted gross income. Right. If you're single, it's half that. Right. And the idea is, um, you, you know, if you're a dollar over the one seventy. You get hit with the higher. Right. Yeah. If, you know, if you're a dollar under, you're OK. That's what we mean by a hard threshold, where there are other tax thresholds that are soft in nature, meaning that could be like the long-term capital gain rates, right? right? In other words, if you're a dollar over that limit, it, it just means that last dollar may be taxed at the higher rate. Not You still get the benefit on the first part of it. So that's it's a complicated tax code, you know, and, but mm-hmm. the idea is, like you mentioned, you have to look for opportunities to help, you know, to help you get through this, you know, retirement years. All right. So register for the class. The class is planning strategies and concepts. The free consultation is about your numbers. If we can't help you, we'll let you know. Um, Again, we have other planning options. Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. All right. You're listening to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 34 years. And over those 34 years, we certainly have gone through a lot of presidential elections and a lot of, you know, presidential candidates campaign promises that never come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, and, and that's what we keep telling people. You know, the president by himself or herself does not have enough power to change tax law. OK, um, now you could say, well, what about executive? Act? OK, th- maybe some things they can do, but not you know, implementing a, uh, you know, changing the income tax tables, changing uh, and creating a whole new wealth tax. Mm-hmm. You, know? Um, you know, you know that you need the power of Congress to do that. Um, now, it's important the president has a veto pen mm-hmm. because he can block or she, you know, they could block any new tax legislation that either the House or the Senate or both together, you know, propose. Mm-hmm. So it's a very strong veto pen, but it's not the same thing as writing their own tax law. All right. So, you know, your vote counts. Make it count. Right, Carrie? And, and the next debate's coming up soon, right? Um, um, it's going to be, uh, you know, in Ohio, Carrie, the next one, the Democratic debate. It's going to be in uh, Westerville. You know, no, okay. no surprise there um, from the Democratic standpoint. Right. You know, down near Columbus. October 15th. I can't wait. You, you going to listen? Uh, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah. So, uh, all right. So, uh, you know, for the last couple of shows, if you want to go back and you can hear the podcast and or, you know, if you can, all, you know, come to the retirement class and you'll be seeing the examples. You Actually, in the booklet you get to take home will actually be the, the printout of the examples. 
But we've been, you know, talking about a couple of different general rules, you know, that are used, you know, in retirement planning, right? Mm-hmm. And one being, you know, the 50-30-20 rule, you know, that was originally, Carrie, as I mentioned a couple of shows ago, was proposed by Elizabeth Warren. Right. Know, when she and her daughter actually co-wrote a book called All You're Worth, The Ultimate Lifetime Money Plan. It was out uh, a decade ago or mm-hmm. more. But, um, but you know, I, so I don't know if they came up with it, but they're certainly... Um, accredited with promoting it, right? It, it didn't get a lot of, you know, I, I, I didn't see a lot of action around it until, you know, kind of recently, um, you know, that it, people are starting to drag it out and say, hey, maybe this isn't been and, and the general idea of the 50-30-20 rule is that you spend 50% of your income on necessities. Right. Okay. Your housing, your automobiles, your health care, your groceries, you know, things like that. Thirty percent is on more discretionary type spending. Okay. Um, entertainment, hobbies, you know, travel, things like that. And then you save twenty percent. Okay. And you know that you know so that's one rule, and that's a great you know if you can get started on that when you you know before you're twenty five, the only thing one thing is going to happen to you, Carrie, you're going to have a great retirement. You know. Um, now, the the second rule we talked about was William Benjamin's four percent rule, you know, and mm-hmm. and if you, I'm not going to go through the whole thing again, listen to last week's podcast, you know, and you can catch that. But today I'm going to kind of say, well, how do you use the two together? And now you start thinking like a financial planner, right? Um, but now the idea is it's not whether you know, the 50, 30, 20 rule, you know, maybe you didn't start that when you were 25 years old, like 90% of the baby boomers, right? Um, or, you know, or maybe even your generation, Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, now, will the millennial start? I don't know. But the other thing is, you know, or the 4% rule and say, but you got to modify those to your own circumstances and then rerun it, rerun the numbers, you know, you know, um, you know, and, and so the math works the same for everybody, but not everybody has the same life expectancy, right, Carrie? Not everybody thinks their uh, rate of return on their investments is going to be the same, mm-hmm. you know, so that's why it's not the same answer for everybody. Um, you have to modify the assumptions for your own circumstances. That's what we mean by customizing it, right? And then now you use that as the base. And that's what you don't have to worry about doing anymore because we've got the robots that can do that, right? In the olden days, our parents' generation, they didn't have the robots that could do that. So they had to kind of go with the general rule, right? Um, now, so, and and there's a lot, you know, you can short, you know, now just to get back to the 4% rule for a minute. So, again, you know, that's the idea of what's a safe withdrawal rate going into retirement, Um if you want to quickly do that, Carrie, you know, a lot of times it's expressed as a quick way of figuring out. Sometimes it's called the 10 minute retirement plan. Right. Or, you know, the idea of saying, well, we can quickly figure out how much you can spend in retirement using Benjamin's 4 percent rule. So it kind of goes like this. You know, you, you, you figure out if you're doing this at home, you want to do a 10 minute retirement plan. OK, you start with the total expenses you think you're going to have in retirement. So let's say, Carrie, that's $65,000. Okay. Okay. Um, then you, you subtract out what your fixed retirement income is going to be. Let, you know, let's say you, you're expecting $25,000 in Social Security income. Okay. So you take your 65 total expenses, less what you're going to get in Social Security, 25. So your spending gap is $40,000, Carrie, right? Okay. Um, so $40,000 is what you're saying, Mark, I got to take that somewhere out of my nest egg. Okay. So what you do using the four, it, 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 easier maybe is just you times that number 
by 25. So if you take $40,000 times 25, Carrie, do you got that, you know, government calculator, the one that does the fuzzy math? But okay, that's, that's a million dollars, right? Okay. So that's the million dollars, the 4% rule. If you've got a million dollars, you can take out 4% the first year, $40,000. I just did it reverse math. Okay, if you you know if you're saying I need forty thousand dollars spending gap, I times that by twenty five. Boom! I need a million dollars. That's what we were always told that we need a million dollars to retire, right? Okay. Well, what if you say, but Mark, I don't. You know, what did Benjamin use for rate of return? Oh yeah, he used five percent. What if you have most of your assets in CDs? Cash. That's the point. Are you using five percent? Oh, by the way, how many years did did uh, the four percent rule work for? Oh, 30. And then how much of my nest egg was left at the end of the 30 years? Oh, zero. It was spending the last dollar in the last day. That might not be your plan. You may have a longer life expectancy than 30 years. You may have a shorter life expectancy than 30 years. You may not be planning to spending the last dollar in the last day. You know, that's how you have to customize it. But let's get back to the rate of return. So let's do the quick math. But you're saying, um, but Mark, my, yeah, my spending gap is 40000 but I think 5% is kind of aggressive in this, you know, negative interest rate world. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking 4%. Okay. So if, you're, if, you're, if you want to use a 4% rate of return, the factor, you're still the same 40000 spending gap, right, Carrie? But now the factor is no longer twenty five; it's 28 so now you'd have to take the 40,000 times 28. Now you're going to get 1,120,000. That's what your nest egg has to be. Okay. Now, what if your investment guy is saying, hey, don't worry, uh, Mrs. Smith, I can get you six. Okay. All right. Um, well, okay. So if you want to use a six or assume a 6% rate of return, same $40,000 a year spending gap. Okay. Now your multiplier factor is no longer 25 or 28. It's 22. Okay. So you would take your $40,000 times 22 and that is $880,000. And that's what you would need in your nest egg. And then you would still be okay if you took out starting in year one, the 40000 your spending gap, and then you increased that every year by 3.5% inflation. So that's an example of how you have to customize, or, or I'm talking about two things, customize or modify the general rule for your own circumstances. Okay. Now, so we, we talked about, um, like I said, in the last couple uh, shows about the 50-30-20 and the 4% rule. So now, how do you combine them together? And, and real quickly, so Carrie, like I said, we know that the 50-30-20 rule works if you start at, you know, early. Mm-hmm. Okay. And again, there's some people argue that it doesn't work if you don't make enough money. I disagree. The whole point of it is whatever how much money you're making, you're living below your means, whether that's 50,000, 100,000 or a million. It's the same idea. You know, it's, it's that the idea that you're living below your means. Now, Carrie, I know you're always on the other side. So a lot of times you can't do that. No, I'm saying ideally, especially in the light of student loan debt, medical bills. Yeah, but that's still the argument. Well, maybe you shouldn't have gotten those student loan debts if it's not leading you a position that you can make right. enough money to pay them off. Well, you don't think a lot of people go into majors that don't make I, money? Hey, listen, I'm not saying <laughs> following the 50-30-20 rule is easy. If it was easy, we wouldn't have a retirement crisis in this country, quite frankly. Maybe um, we need to teach that in high school. Um, now, if you want to look at the math, you know, 
okay, so let's say you've got a, a couple twenty. I don't care, I don't care how you look at it. Fifty thousand dollars a year. Now is that too unreasonable to believe that somebody twenty four years old could be making fifty thousand a year? No, well, that could be a college grad, right? Right, depending on their fee with major. an employable degree, maybe a two wage earners. You know, work and maybe they got the twelve, you know, twelve and twelve dollar, you know, minimum a living wage an hour. Okay, okay they're working, you know, four thousand hours. You got two of those, a husband and wife. That would get you to fifty thousand. Maybe you know, maybe you're at the new, you know, fifteen dollar minimum wage, right? And then you got one full timer and one part timer. That would get you to fifty thousand. Okay. So however you split it up, okay, um, get the fifty thousand. Okay, now. Let's assume you get a 2% cost of living increase mm-hmm. over your lifetime. Okay. And let's say your investment rate of return is 5%. Okay. See, I love doing spreadsheets on the radio, Carrie, because they right. work so well. But, you know, but just, I'll try to keep it simple. So, okay. So you're starting at 24 years old. You're going to make $50,000 a year. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're 50% is 25000 That's going out for mandatory expenses. The $15,000 a year, the 30% is going out to discretionary. And you're saving $10,000 a year, 20%. That $10,000 a year savings is... Now, maybe you're getting company match on that. I'm not mm-hmm. even counting that. Right. right. Okay. But let's say you're getting a 5% rate of return on that. Okay. And let's say you plan on retiring at, you know, 67. Okay. Okay. That, that would That's your be, full retirement day where you can get your Social full Security. Social Security. Okay. So, okay. So, over that time frame, so you increase, um, you know, so the, the 2% increases in pay helps you kind of up your lifestyle a bit, right. right? But the idea is you're always sticking to those rules, you know, the 50, 30, 20, okay? Do you know what your cumulative savings would be at the end of those 44 years? Can you no. do that math in your head? I'll save you the time. It's $2.1 million. Hmm. Think you'll be okay in retirement? It depends on inflation and what who gets in who gets voted in, right? We have that might get a hefty text. Right. So, you know, so let's talk about, so we know it works for a 24-year-old. Right. So the question is, can it work for the 50-year-old who hasn't started saving for retirement yet? Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I think some adjustments need to be made. So this is what, well, let's start without, you know, now- well, again, hopefully, it, it, you know, maybe at 50, now maybe your combined income right. is, let's say, 100000 a year. Okay. Okay. Um, and let's say you still want to retire at 67. Okay. Um, you're still going to assume 2% pay increases. Okay. And you're gonna, now you're going to start the 50, 30, 20, because you didn't start when you were 24. Right. Okay. Um, okay, so a hundred thousand a year, fifties going to mandatory living expenses, another thirty thousands going discretionary. Now you're saving twenty thousand dollars a year. Let's assume that that twenty thousand dollars savings is again is growing at five percent a year. Okay, now but I'm stopping this at you know after about eighteen years because now you know you're sixty seven. Okay, now your cumulative savings isn't going to be two point one million. No, obviously, right? But it is going to be six hundred eighty four thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. Um, now, so now we're going to take that. Now we're going to, you know, lay over that Benjamin's 4% rule. Right. Okay. So now we're going to say, okay, I've got 684000 in my nest egg. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I'm retired. Now I'm going to use, you know, Benjamin's 30-year rule. So my first year of retirement, I'm 68. 30 years, that's going to take me to 97. Is that long enough? Maybe. Okay. If not... Okay, you got to extend it. 
But let's say you're saying, okay, Mark, that's long enough to age 97. I'm okay with that. Okay. So now I'm going to, um, I'm going to take the, now I'm going to figure out my, you know, what's coming in from, you know, social security. Right. So again, even, you know, generally if you're at that type of wage, you know, with, you know, inflation now that the cost of living increases by the time, you know, you're, you're going to probably be um, bringing in, you know, maybe 48,000, um, uh, uh, social security plus maybe spouses, another 24. Okay. okay. But let's look at this. So you got the 684,000, you're going to take 4%. We're using Benjamin right. because we're using 5%, 4%. That's 27,874. You start withdrawing. Okay. okay. You add that to your, you, you know, uh, close to $75,000 of social security income or pensions. It could be, you know, whatever that right. is. Okay. You're looking at about a hundred thousand a year. Okay. Now, is that going to cover your living expenses? It depends on what you want your lifestyle to be like. I would think some um, people. Well, you know, if let's, but let's go back to my 50, 30, 20 rule. Okay. Because remember what we did is the 50 year old started. Remember right. he was, you know, his, so if we just, because you don't have to worry about the 20% savings when you're in retirement. Right. So you're back to that 80%, right? right. The, the 50 and the 30. Well, now, well, what did he take his lifestyle up to? Because remember, we added inflation to right. his wages. So his $80,000 in at, at age 50 with, you know, the increases inflation. is now about $112,000. Right. So his lifestyle is about 112. And what we say the the 4% rule says he could spend? A hundred. He's a little short. But right. are they in the ballpark? Hmm. I think they are. You know, could you then figure out, okay, I've got to, you know, maybe, you know, look at this extra $1,000 a month, what's really I'm spending mandatorily or discretionary, but at least, you know, at least we could probably make a case, Carrie, that if the 50-30-20 rule can save the 50-year-old if they haven't started saving. Well, I think this is a great rule of thumb and it might be a starting place for these robots and these calculators, but then you incorporate real life, you in different inflation rates. And a big piece of what we do for our clients, especially once you're in retirement and wages end, how do you create the income you need as tax efficiently as possible? Because if you can get the net benefit down and pay the least amount in cumulative taxes, that's going to put more money in your pocket. We see people come in that they've made some choices that cost cause their tax rate, them push them in another bracket. Um, because they made a quick decision or they didn't know or they create cause their Medicare B premiums to go up for a year, whatever that may be. But it's looking at the big picture and again, using opportunities. If you want to know specifics on your case, come in for a free, no obligation consultation. Remember, we're looking at year and planning issues or if you want general planning and co- strategies and concepts in much more detail, Come out to Wednesday, October 2nd at 6 o'clock in Independence. It is the last planning class that we have scheduled this year. Make sure you register. We do ask that you pre-register ahead of time. We do have some spots left, but the class is filling up. You can call the estate planning team for the class or consultation at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. We'll give you a call back on Monday, or you can go to the website, financialfoodforthought.com register for the class contact first consultation there's a link to our podcast or you can sign up for the newsletter right. yeah a few minutes left right? you know one of the things we go over at the class this retirement class is are you know what type of budget should you be making for health insurance in retirement right Karen? and 
that doesn't necessarily also include if you think you could have long-term care expenses. Right. That's, and if you don't know or you haven't had a family member, long-term care is a whole crisis in itself. Right. Well, Kara, I, I know, um, I know, you know, one group who's going to be leaving on a jet plane if Bernie Sanders gets elected, right? Um, you know, the well, <laughs> you've heard this song. Oh, I love this song. Um, well, you know, but Bernie's got a plan for that. So under Bernie Sanders' billionaire elimination proposal, he's going to create a wealth registry. The National Wealth Registry. I don't ask me what that means. More but, government intervention, it sounds um, like. Hmm. Okay. So they're going to know how much wealth we all have. I, I think that's so much inter- intrusion. But that's what a lot of people say is a lot of people say, well, if they if they ever got that implemented, the, the wealthy would just leave the country or right. hide their assets offshore. That, right. right. You think that's not going to happen? Oh, no. Not under Bernie's got a plan for that, Carrie. For those who seek to leave the country to avoid the wealth tax, Sanders calls for a 40% exit levy on the net value of all assets of less than $1 billion and 60% of assets greater than $1 billion. See, See Bernie, they got it all They got they, all covered. They want to control every aspect of your life. That's more government intrusion, loss of privacy. I, I don't... I mean, I know presidential candidates cannot make those tax law changes, but at least you know what their current thinking is. Now, um, so, you know, you don't sing in this song, Terry. Yeah. Ooh. I want to say, but I, I'm, I'm almost <laughs> positive. This is a, a live version. This is on a show that was called The Midnight Special. You don't remember And, and he d- um, he passed away, correct? John Denver. Okay, then I was exactly what I was going to say. who's singing with him? I don't know. Okay, the writer of the song. Oh. Cass Elliot? Mama Cass? Yeah, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, yeah, I like I like John Denver. I mean. Um, see, they were both big political activists. Oh, I didn't know the that. Get out the vote. Let me go to the beginning of this. Dream about the days to come. Um, if I can. I Let's see if we can put it back here. Okay. Here we go. This is from 1972. Oh, my goodness. Hiya, Cass. Hiya, John. How you doing? Fine and dandy. I'm great, too. I didn't ask you how you <laughs> So. I like to say it once in a while. Because this is almost 47 years ago. Sure, sure. You God. It's hard to believe. You know, I'm really glad you're here tonight. They're both gone. This, this is about voter registration. Mama Cass died two years after this. Okay. Yeah, we're all just getting ready for a big push. This is very important, you know. Um, if I could, I don't know whether who's been talking about it so far on the show, but uh, I've been traveling around the country for the past year or so, talking at a lot of college campuses and trying to find out exactly what people are thinking. And the thing that's impressed me the most is... Uh, there is still in this country, believe it or not, after all the talk, a tremendous amount of apathy mm-hmm. on the part of people who maybe don't like the way things are going and maybe want to change it, but don't do anything about it. You yeah. know? And your vote and my vote is not any more important than anybody else's. They are equally as important and very important. And that's why we're all here to get everybody to get out and register. Can't say any better today, Kerry. I think today, it's Kara. so important mm-hmm. who you vote for. You vote for who you believe in. Mm-hmm. But the important thing is to vote because it's our way and it's the best way. And that's why I'm here and that's why you're here, too. That's great. Do it. All right. So, you know, so it's nothing new, you know, that the, the, the get out, you know, the vote. But there's going to be, you know, this wealth gap is an issue, Carrie. Um, talking about health care and retirement, right? Alzheimer's cases, Carrie, are up 10 percent in the past decade. Okay. Um, okay. With, um, 
The vast majority of those affected, 5.6 million people, are age 65 or older. Within six years, the number is projected to reach 7.1 million. Within three decades, it could reach 14 million, and on and on and on. Okay. Um, more than 16 million family members provide some 18.5 billion hours of unpaid care to people with Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. See, this is why you may not be working as long as you expect to be working. It's mm-hmm. not only because not that you know you may not be physically able to do it, but you may have to retire to take some care of somebody. You know, those are one of the two biggest reasons why people right. don't work as long as they're expecting to work, right? Um, annual health insurance costs hit a record high, Carrie. Mm-hmm. $20,000. No surprise. You know, $20,000. You know. See, if they deal with the fraud, maybe that would help us all pay less premiums. Now, right now, you know. For em- our employer. All right. Employers pay most of the cost of coverage, according to the survey. Um, and, the, and the average worker's average contribution is about $6,000 a year for a family plan. So these are the things that if you're trying to build your own retirement plan and you don't have a conservative, realistic budget for future health insurance costs, mm-hmm. if you don't know how you're going to deal with the long-term care dilemma, all right, come to the class or come in for a consultation. Mm-hmm. You know, At the class, you'll see an example of how you would budget, how you would build a budget for health insurance and retirement, right? Um, also at that class, you know, we'll be going over the possible solutions to the long-term care. And there are several. Yeah, most people think, oh, there's long-term care yeah, insurance. Yeah, long-term or... care insurance. No, there is more than just that. Right, or go on Medicaid. Or the government plan, right? Um, yeah. How about, you know, can you self-insure it? How about the continuing care community solution? Right. You know, how about a reverse mortgage? You know, there are more than one option. The question is, are you putting your head in the ground or are you trying to find a solution? All right. Call the estate planning team. Make sure you register for our last class, October 2nd, 6 o'clock in Independence, or come in for a free consultation. You can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. Go Browns! Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.